Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the LA Soccer Hub Show. My name is Jill Garcia. Today is Sunday, Sunday, excuse me, October 25th. Joining us once again, we got Alicia Rodriguez. Alicia, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on again. Yeah, so uh, we just finished watching the the Derby at Classico, El Trafico, you name it, uh, here in LA. LAFC versus LA Galaxy. I had everything you wanted except the fans. They had the drama, their emotion. VAR was involved. All the different things that you probably didn't want involved, you know, so... We'll get into it, but first of all, how you doing and how you been? Doing well, uh, staying busy, uh, and the the regular season is almost over, which uh, I feel like we're getting to the end of the marathon. We're in like mile twenty five, and uh, I'm sure the players feel it a lot more than we do. But even so, it's it's been a busy time, so uh, it's gonna be exciting last couple of weeks for sure. Yeah, it, it definitely is, and just uh, just so like you know, the games are coming down. Three, there's about I think three more games left uh, for both clubs. Um, cause I don't know if the Colorado game is going to be made up, but, um, but yeah, a lot, a lot happening currently. I'm going to mention this. The Dodgers are winning. They had a, oh my, a incredible loss yesterday. I don't even want to get into that, but that's the Dodgers. I feel like I've seen the story already, but I hope it's a different outcome this time. So just like the knowledge that they're currently winning. So we'll see. Do you watch baseball? Oh yeah. I'm a Dodgers fan. So, uh, you know, that's a team that, all of LA gets behind. So hopefully this year is going to be a little bit different. Uh, you know, we're, we're pulling in these last three games. Hopefully they only need two to get it done, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. So you, we all feel the pain then currently they're winning three zero in the top of the second, but we'll see what happens. All right. So let's get into it. This is the fourth, the fourth El Trafico of the year. Um, the last two LA galaxy have won. Um, so the big news, I guess we want to start off with was Chicharito, right? We, we wanted to know if he was going to come off the bench or start Well, none of that happened. He was injured. Apparently he was injured. Uh, he has a hamstring. I was told that he had a hamstring strain and he was injured after the, the press conference. Guillermo said that he was, he got injured on Thursday to me. I just thought it was, um, a little interesting that he didn't tell us Friday because we're on the press call Friday, but I guess from what I understood that they were just trying to see how it went. Uh, for a, for this game, right? So he said he didn't feel well Friday, so he didn't train Friday. Um, and then he, I don't think he trained Saturday. So that, to me, I think if we start to unwind a little bit more, it's not a positive sign for Chicharito. It's not a positive sign for the, the Galaxy organization. Um, so to me, it, it, that is training down the wrong path, you know, with all that money invested in, you know, I don't know what I don't know Chicharito's future with the Galaxy and how that looks. Yeah, I will say that I think um, I think the strategy may backfire, um, and and you know it may not be by anyone's design, but basically, um, like you said, Scaloto said coming into the game, he never gave any indication to you know reporters that Chicharito had an injury at all, um, and so when he was a scratch today, it seemed like 
okay, what's going on? Is there something bigger to the story than, you know, like what's the reason behind it? Then we find out it's an injury and then the reporters are all, you know, going through the audio from Friday and trying to figure out, okay, did he mention Chicharito? Like, I don't remember, you know, all that kind of thing. Honestly, I think it's a little bit of gamesmanship. Like, you know, Bob Bradley was also a little bit reluctant to talk about uh, Carlos Vela's availability. And he ended up saying, yeah, I think he's going to probably play some. Um, But he hesitated when he was asked about it. And I think he probably thought for a second, oh, should I say something or not? Okay, fine. I'll just say it. It's no big deal. Um, In Scalotta's case, he decided, I'm going to keep it close to the vest. Maybe he'll play. Maybe he won't. You know, we'll see what happens. And I think it may turn out to be bad because uh, now the, the speculation is ramping up some more. Does this mean he's going to achieve us? Does this mean his career is over? I mean, for all we know, it could just be an injury, but um, it's just been a really tough year for, for Chicharito on the Galaxy. I still think that, you know, he's got something to give to the team and it, he's just having a, a rough time right now. Um, but yeah, that we're, we're in kind of a weird spot right now. Maybe he's at a crossroads. Maybe this is just a, a tough time for him. And we'll have to see what happens moving forward. Yeah, I I, I think the, the MLS, both LA teams, I'm going to criticize them both. I, I don't like when they do this. I just don't. It's just like, you know, if, he, if he's injured, I understand if maybe like he had picked it up and, you know, they, I don't know. But I feel like Kevin Baxter tweeted this out and, you know, he was just saying like, well, I'm just going to paraphrase, like, you know, like not necessarily giving us information, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, I think what advantage do you have? The way I look at it, like what advantage do you have, whether this player, I mean, yes, the other team can strategize, but I'm at the end of the day, if he's not available, he's just not going to be, if he's not available Monday, he's not going to be available Sunday. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what that changes. And I think for me, I just view it like covering the NBA and covering the MLB they, you have to put that out there, you know what I'm saying? And it's, I just don't think there's an advantage. I just, I really don't hide, hiding the information. I don't think that's, there, there's no advantage. I mean, maybe they were trying to protect them from fans going, getting upset, but even then that's not a look, that's not a still a good look because like you mentioned, it adds to more speculation and, and it puts you down a different rabbit hole opposed to like, I get it. You want to protect it, but it, it does not come across that way to us as right. media. It does not come across the way it comes like you're hiding something that may be bigger and that may be true. You know what I'm saying? That may be true. We're, or we're going to speculate because you're not really telling us information. Um, but in the case of Chicharito, not playing, um, not playing El Trafico, not playing against Carlos Vela. I think that is the biggest disappointment. And I think if he goes, if this is the way he goes out, I don't know that to be true. I'm just speculating here, whether his career may be, may be coming to an end or maybe he may be moving on. This is not a good look for him. Either way, you you decide to look at it. I just think for Chicharito, that brand, it's not a good look. And I I think it's just a sad way to go, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it's a tough moment. But unless he's really pushing to get out, you know, because obviously the Galaxy paid a a pretty big uh, transfer fee for him and they're not going to get that back, um, you know, even remotely back what they paid right now. Um, I mean, I'm inclined to think that this is not the end for him. But again, I mean, you never know what's going to happen. But I'll also say too, for people who think that um, we're just media members complaining about injury reports, one thing that I found really interesting is this year um, legalized gambling is allowed on MLS games. So you see like the lines and everything. And, Thank you and, for hitting that point. Continue. Thank you. Thank you so much. Good to continue. Yeah. One of the, the big things for all the other leagues that you mentioned, especially the NFL, um, is that having accurate injury reports out in, in public 
you know, on a timely basis is important. It's said to be important for gambling purposes because the gamblers want to know exactly who's going to be available for games. I'm surprised with MLS getting into legalized gambling that they have not complied with that kind of standard industry-wide practice. So this is not just something for the benefit of reporters to complain about or to, you know, have, have stories to cover. This is also something that I think um, making injury information transparent and available in a timely basis is something that I think would benefit a lot of different parties who are interested in MLS. So um, I agree with you. I would like to see uh, injury information be more accurate and more timely, but we'll see what happens. Hopefully we can complain a little bit about that and maybe get some movement moving forward. Yeah, no, I, I, I just want to thank you so much for saying that because that was not another point. If the MLS is going to continue to grow, sports gambling is going to be legal within the next couple of years. It's coming here to California, I think about in the next couple of years, but it's exploding. It's a billion dollar business. And it, it only helps the league when you have that information ahead of time, because, you know, player, it's like fantasy, right. Or whatever. You will have to know that information before you make your lineup, but before, you know, you place a bet or, or whatever that affects a lot of things. And I know there's, there's, there's people that are really into it. They, they follow us for those reasons. They follow Alicia Rodriguez because she puts this information out because they want to know who's starting, who's this, do I put this guy in my lineup or not? But yeah, it, it, that gambling aspect and just having that information out just helps everybody in general and, and not putting that information out. It, I think it's it's a bad look on, on the team and, and both teams have done it. And I, I just don't like I, I just don't think it's right. You know what I'm saying? I just don't think you have I, I don't believe you have any advantage. You really don't. If you're not going to have if you're not going to have a player available, you have no advantage. I don't think I don't think that changes. And I think I hope the MLS and I hope these teams hear us out because having the information out is it, it's not a secret if he's injured, you know what I'm saying? And if he's just not going to play and, and that gambling aspect, is, it's only, we'll, we'll see how much the league push, pushes for that because I think that that is a very big thing moving forward. Um, so with that, let, let's get into the game. Um, crazy, like I said, a crazy, crazy dramatic game. Um, like the, the, the first, the first 10, 15 minutes, I think well for the first half, I want to say LAFC controlled the game, um, but things didn't go their way. Um, except when it came to the 25th, 25th minute, when, uh, people Gonzalez, uh, got a red for pulling, uh, it was, I think Diego Rossi in a breakaway. Um, I think if he didn't, if he didn't pull him back or whatever, he definitely, most likely would have scored yet or had a chance of scoring. So he gets a red card. Um, well, I'm assuming you watched the game on TV. What I saw he got him pulled. The ref gave him a red card, and then all of a sudden he gave him a yellow card, and then he went to go look at VAR to see if it was in the penalty box or if it was outside the penalty box, and then he comes back and gives him a red card. So how do what what happened in that? Did he did he make a mistake? Did he try to switch from giving him a red card to a yellow card? And then is that what happened? Because I think that's yeah, it was a complicated uh, situation, but I think it turned out right in the in the end. I think they got it right. So um, initially it was a penalty call. So if it's a penalty call, um, you don't have to give a red for dog. So denial of an obvious goal scoring opportunity in the box. And so the referee originally gave a red card and then he rescinded it and gave a yellow card with a penalty um, because they changed a rule a couple of years ago about like double jeopardy, um, you know, on those, on those particular plays. Then they had the VAR uh, review, and then it turned out that the contact actually began outside the box. And so it turned out to be a free kick and not a penalty. And then as a result, they flipped it from a yellow card to uh, Gonzalez getting a red card. 
um, pretty much seemed like they had it spot on. I think this is a classic example of a VAR review being, you know, the, the, the right, the right call and, and it's beneficial here. Um, it very easily could have been a penalty awarded. It's 11 on 11. Um, so there's a goal potentially if Rossi had converted it, but you know, the game is a little bit different, um, in that game state versus, uh, there's no goal given up at, at that point, but there's uh, a man, you know, the galaxy go down a man. So it's a tough break for the galaxy, but I think it was textbook and, um, I don't really think there's, there's too much to complain about with that, that particular play. Yeah. And I think once I, uh, once I saw that, I think the, people can tell this is in a tough situation, but I think, all right, it happened so fast, but all right, outside, outside looking in, I think you just let them go. I don't know. I think because you you're going to be down a man the whole in the 25th minute. You know, I think if it's a the 75th minute, it's a different story. Um, but I think being down a man so early in the 25th minute just completely changed the dynamic. Like LAFC were already controlling the, the game in the first half, and then it it it, it just got even. I would say easier, but not really because of how we saw the game. Um, I, I think it was. If I was people Gonzalez, I, I don't know if I would have made that play, but I get it. He he was trying to make sure he didn't score. Um, but to Galaxy's credit, in the first half, I think they won the first half because they didn't they didn't concede a goal. You know, they didn't they didn't concede a goal. Um, but at the end of the day, I felt like they were going to get tired. Um, you know, moving to the second half, which I didn't I don't think really happened. They they really compressed uh, the the you know the the it's either Galaxy's defense was really well. Or, Gal- or LAFC wasn't able to or crack them because they, they got really, really tight. The midfield and everything got really, really tight. And it, at times it looked like LAFC was struggling to find some some offense in the final third. I think that's when they really struggled. Um, how did you see it? Yeah, I think uh, we've seen LAFC, you know, have some high scoring games in recent weeks. But I think there's been a feeling for a bit that it's, it's been a little bit of, of tough sledding for LAFC. You know, they've been able to grind out some wins, which I think is a, an important skill to have for a team, certainly. But there's been games where their attack just isn't, it's just not flowing in the way that you would expect. Having said that, I definitely would give credit to the Galaxy's defense in this one. I think, um, I think they set up well. I think that they were doing a good job of trying to uh, keep the ball in front of them and disrupt as much as possible in the final third. And and they were getting the job done. And honestly, it was two really good individual plays that, that made the difference on, on both of the goals. And um, I, I, you know, LA did not have uh, really any attacking impetus throughout the game. Um, but the fact that LAFC couldn't score for so long, they went almost an hour before they got their first goal um, they kept the door open for the galaxy. And I think the galaxy, if they had just had one or two of those, you know, like had their timing, right. Not had an offside call and just get up on, on one or two counterattacks. It felt like they really could have, could have really gotten something out of this, not only a draw, but maybe even a win. Um, because LAFC was pushing everything, everything into attack. Um, and, and they just, it just, it just wasn't, you know, working for them. So I, in the end, I think it was just those two, two plays by Masovsky and Vela that um, unlock them. But otherwise, you know, and I know that's hard to say when the galaxy are having a really rough season, but um, their defense was not bad today. Like their defense really, I think got the job done. And it was just a couple of 
snap mistakes or, or just not um, covering the guy when you made, I mean, the Velichip was just like, how do you stop that? Right. Like, you know, yeah, you he scores those goals, It's kind of, yeah. Yeah. I mean, how do you stop that? But um, I, honestly, I think the galaxy it's, you know, it's, it's small consolation, but I, th- I think they played really well in a really tough situation today. Yeah. And I, and I, and I would agree with you. They, they, they made it very tough uh, for, for LAFC on the offensive end and they, they played really solid on that. Um, I just think obviously being down a man, I don't know if that, they, when, when, uh, when people Gonzalez got that red card, Yoni Gonzalez came out in the 30th minute for Nick DePew to, you know, put in another defender there, obviously. So that made sense. So you'll not only you lose people Gonzalez, but you also lose Yoni, uh, you know, you lose Yoni Gonzalez, you know, play 30 minutes. Um, we didn't get to see, I mean, the first 30 minutes or the first 30 minutes he didn't even impacted the game, but you know, you never know what happens the next 70 minutes or right, whatever. But I think just being down on man, I think they really lacked on the offensive end. But this was a game that I think I was like, you know what? I think I've seen this game before because LAFC, when they were last time at, at uh, Dignity Health Sports Park, they had everything in the first half, but they didn't score. And like you mentioned, I, I think it, it could have been a game for LA Galaxy, one or two opportunities. You get inside, the, you you get the score or whatever. You win 1-0, potentially 2-1 or whatever. But I, I, I almost had that feeling that that was going to happen. Um, and, but but it didn't. And then I think it, it, we'll ju- I just want to go over the stats real quick. Um, uh, LA Galaxy, uh, LAFC possession was 64 to 36. Um, LAFC had 27 shots, eight of those shots on goal. Galaxy only had five shots and one shot on target. Um, so that was pretty much the story of the game, right? But like, I think those stats were similar to their previous game. And I, and I think all Galaxy did seem like they at times had some, some opportunities, but then we get into the 59th minute, right? The ball, this is where the drama happens, right? And I was, I was obviously at the game, but I was in, uh, above and the, they have us in the suites, but up above from where I'm at, it's, it's kind of harder to see. But where the ball went out, there are LA Galaxy players warming up. That's where the LA Galaxy bench side is at. And that's where the LA Galaxy players were warming up. So as soon as that happened, um, I think it was Chiqui Palacios or Eddie Segura who, who was on the ball. Um, Segura. Eddie Segura. Okay. It was Eddie Segura. So the ball appears to go out of bounds. And then you hear this just yell from LA Galaxy players like, hey, blah, blah. And to me, I was like, oh, okay. It, it looks like it's going to be out because LA Galaxy there. Even LA Galaxy's uh, training coach was there. It didn't happen. And the play continued. And what ensued after that, what made it even more dramatic, because then right after that, Danny Masovsky goes ahead and scores and puts LA Galaxy, LA, LAFC up 1-0. They, I guess they go to VAR. VAR does not, appears to, the ball didn't go out. I don't know. Um, how did you see it watching at home? I mean, it was a tough call. Um, you, you know, to me, it, honestly, I feel like it could go either way. It looked like it was probably out, but was it definitive? I don't know, you know, as far as the the VAR review, that kind of thing. I don't know. It was a tough one. Um, and I think that the Galaxy can probably feel aggrieved by by there not being a call there, but it was reviewed. So, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's, it was so tight. Um so yeah, it's it's one of those where are you sure that the you know there's there's daylight between the the end of the ball and and the paint? I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but it was close. 
And when I, when I, because I, I, I looked at the replay, I had my laptop next. I looked at the replay and I was just hearing what the announcers, I think it was Taylor Twelveman and I don't know who the other guy was commentating. Um, they, from what I heard, they were like, it's out, it's out, it's definite. So then in my mind, I thought it was, uh, you know, I, I believe to be out. But let, let's just play this game, hypothetically speaking, right? VAR is there to make the correct cause, right? It's to, to, for this doesn't happen, right? That's why you have VAR. These, this is why it happened. This is why VAR was instru- why it was brought into the game because technology and everything. I think to me, if you're just any fan, if there's even a chance that it looks like, I don't know what the criteria is. I don't know what, as a ref or whatever, but if there's even a chance that that ball may be going out of bounds, I think you call it out. You know what I'm saying even if it kind of looks because you look at the replay, depending what angle you look, I don't know. I'm assuming we all have the same angles of, as a ref. I'm assuming. I think that I'm assuming. Yeah, usually um, there's one or two angles or like a reverse angle that we don't get on the broadcast, but it's essentially the same angles as the broadcast. Like they're basically using the broadcast cameras. Yeah. And I think hearing what the commentators say, he's looking at that and how VAR has been going. If you're a Galaxy fan, you, yeah you have to be upset you know you you somewhat you do feel cheated out and we know that var has not no one has had a good experience with var and i tweeted this out var is why i have trust issues you know and i think this is you don't want to leave things up to chance and i think this was such such close of a call that even if i i don't know i'm not going to speak for lafc but i don't if it was called off sides in lafc and you look at that play you're like okay because it was so close to the line um you know that to me it's like why we have VARs for these not to be thing and this not to be we have the technology to get it right and to make it you know but i think that if you're a galaxy fan and the way you look at that you do feel potentially cheated from var you know that's how you may feel um but at the end of the day carlos vela ended up scoring so that kind of just put everything out but i think at the i think if you look at it if the game ended 1-0 and it was because of this play it would it would it would just made it even worse yeah i mean again i think uh the galaxy probably have good reason to to be upset at um, how it went. It's one of those where one call or non-call basically decided decided the game and it went against them. And that doesn't feel good when that happens, especially because like I said, they were playing well defensively mm-hmm. um, at the same time. I mean, LAFC Eddie Segura stopped for a brief second. He thought the it was going to be called. There was no whistle. So he continued on to play. And then I don't know if you saw this, but, uh, Taylor Twelman did say on the broadcast that um, as the ball was, because they played it directly, like straight up, they must have saw that the Galaxy were kind of distracted by arguing the call. Um, so LAFC played it like straight up the field. And Taylor Twelman said that Daniel Stairs was like arguing with the ref, you know, as the play was unfolding. And so he was out of position or not totally focused on what was happening. And that contrib- to him, it contributed to, um, you know, the goal being scored because one of your center backs is out of, out of position. So on the one hand, I definitely agree that um, it was very tight and the galaxy probably, you know, have good reason to be upset about it. At the same time, it's the old play to the whistle. Right. And so LAFC didn't hear a whistle. They kept going and the galaxy seemed to kind of shut off for a second. And basically that's what it took. And um, you know, it's, it's, it's tough, but at the same time, I mean, the, the whistle didn't come and they just let it go and then they didn't get uh, what they were looking for. And it, it's a tough break, but um, 
I don't know. I mean, it's that's it's soccer. That's what happens sometimes. Yeah, I just want to add uh, something. Uh, what Guillermo said, he said the VAR decision changed the game today. Um, he had he had it was clear. It was a clear corner kick for us. We can't do anything to change the call. That's why that's why VAR is there, and it didn't work. Um, and then I just want to say what uh, what Sasha Klushman said. He said I. Um, I won't say that VAR changed the changed the result of the game, but it changed the momentum. In my opinion, it should have been called back, and I, I kind of agree with him on that. Like, it, it obviously didn't change the outcome of the game, right? But I think they did have some momentum going, and I think obviously when you get scored on or whatever, it does have an effect on the momentum. And they were building up to certain things. That say that's a corner kick. It goes from being you having a corner kick to you essentially getting scored on. So, and then he said, he said, you know, I, you know, he said, like, he continued to say, I'm just going to paraphrase, like, he talked to the ref. He said that he is, when the refs told him, like, hey, it was out or whatever, he assumes. Then he went to go look at the replay and he looks at the replay and he looks like, hey, it should have been called back. So I think he kind of feels kind of cheated because he talked to the ref and the ref said this. But when he looks at the replay, it's something it, he doesn't see the same thing, right? And I, and I think I would have to agree with them. It, it didn't change the outcome of the game, but I think it did kind of change the momentum being down 1-0. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair assessment. And um, I mean, the other thing too is if the first goal isn't counted, then I don't know that you can necessarily count on Bella's goal to be scored. I mean, Bella's goal is a classic stoppage time. The other team is, you know, getting tired and looking for an equalizer and, and LAFC puts, you know, ices the game do we know for sure that the game would have been, the goal would have been scored in the 93rd exactly. minute? No, we don't. So, I mean, you know, it was decisive. It wasn't the only goal in the day, but it, it certainly was the goal that turned the result in the end for sure. Yeah. And, and yeah, I just, I, I, I would agree with that. I would just add on, I think it, it did kind of change the momentum. Um, we don't know. We can't, we can't speculate. Oh yeah. Like Galaxy were one or whatever. They would have, it would have been a zero zero draw. But, uh, but yeah, I think to me, that's why as, as a fan, as a, you know, as a footballer, as someone who's very passionate about this game, I think getting those calls are right. And I think they did miss, I think they did miss out on this one, but it doesn't change the result. I just hope moving forward, the technology that we have, whether you have to put more cameras in or whatever, or they make the call from somewhere, uh, the ref doesn't have to make the call. Like, you know, just try to get it right and not leave it up to chance. Cause I feel like, you know, watching this game, it could have, it could have, like, you know, even Guillermo kind of felt, you know, kind of, you're even down a minute, you're, you're down one man, and then this happens, and I think it just adds, it adds more pressure uh, to them. But let's get on, uh, let's talk, uh, uh, let's talk about Carlos Vela. Uh, he came in in the 70th minute, um, and he scored today. Uh, I think Vela's back, um, even though he played 20 minutes. Um, I don't, you know, it's kind of hard to say how a player played in 20 minutes, but he got a goal. So that's great. He impacted the game. Essentially, they won because of his goal. So that's always a great thing. Um, I'm surprised that he played 20 minutes. I thought we'd only see like 10, maybe 15. But that tells me that he's further along than what we potentially expected or Zoom. And potentially this next game, I know they play Wednesday. Maybe we see him play. Maybe we don't. Um, but it's a good sign if you're LAFC. It's a great sign. Uh, I think he looked a lot better than he even did back in August when mm -hmm. they played the Galaxy, and um, he just wasn't effective before he got hurt. He had a really rough game. He, you know, he hadn't played for several months, and he he just had a hard hard day on that one. This time, um, the pressure was off a little bit. You know, he wasn't looking for the winner there. Um, he took some pressure. He he took some uh, contact. He he got like trucked to the turf by Nick Dupuy at one point. 
um, bounced back up. He was grabbing his arm. There was a part of me that was like, gosh, I hope he didn't break his arm or, you know, get another freak injury, <laughs> but it uh, seemed like he was okay. Um, he took contact. He's wearing a sleeve on his, on his knee, which is pretty unusual for soccer players to play with, uh, you know, something covering their knee. Um, didn't seem like he was fast. He didn't have his normal speed. Um, but you know, his touches were pretty good. And, and like you said, he scored, I think that's a huge, uh, boost for him and the team moving forward. Um, has to give him some confidence going into the the last few games of the season. Um, and the goal was he, so he scored it with his right foot, which is unusual, but it was one of the, you know, one of the like three or four trademark, uh, Carlos Vela type goals where he, yeah, he chips it inside the box. I mean, I, Honestly, there's only maybe two or three, two or three players in MLS who, who score goals like that. Um, you know, chips, chips are more common these days, but they're typically from the edge of the box and uh, Vela some, somehow finds the angle and the, the space to get those goals off and uh, make them look so easy. And they're not, not even remotely easy. So um, yeah, it, it was, it was big for him um, to get the goal. It was big for the team to ice the result there because they were still a little bit shaky as they, we're only leading by a goal at that point. Um, and yeah, it, it'll be nice for him to get a little bit of uh, time to work up some fitness in the last few games. Um, and hopefully looks like they're on track to make the playoffs. Uh, you know, hopefully they can make some noise in the playoffs this year. And if he's scoring while he's getting into form, that's a, a very, very good sign for the team. Yeah. And like you said, his chip, it's like, you can tell he's, master that he's been he's practiced that over and over because we know he can use his left but i think he's mastered that chip with his right foot because we've seen that more than a number of times inside the box and it's just just has a just has a perfect angle to, uh, to chip the keeper and i think to me that i mean that just goes to show how great of a player he really is he makes those hard plays look a lot easier than you know any other player does them and you know i think it, it's, a, it's a great sign for lafc it's a great sign and i do you can tell he looks a lot more fit than he he did back in august um, and I think we're going to see him wear that, wear that, wear that sleeve on, uh, on his knee. I think, um, I told my CEO and I know that keeps his knee warm and I think it's just about keeping the, the joints and everything warm. So I can see him moving forward just for the rest of the year, probably having, having to wear the sleeve. Um, let's talk, let's talk a little bit about LAFC and we'll go, I mean, LA Galaxy and we'll go back to, uh, LAFC. The window is pretty much tight. I don't remember what the re- game's remaining. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs now. I think this is definitely a game that they needed. I know they got – I think they face uh, – was it Portland next? Um, yeah. Let me let me double check before I say that. But I think they I think they do play Portland this Wednesday. Uh, I'm just going to double check that. Yes, they do. They play Portland, and Portland is not an easy team. Um, you know, they're currently third in the Western Conference. Galaxy are last with 18 points. Uh, at what point, uh, if you're at the LA Galaxy, do you start to look at next year? Uh, I'm assuming probably, you're statistically out of it, but yeah, I think you got to play until you're out of it, and then you then you need to assess. But um, I think next game is kind of do or die because they're six points out right now. So if they win out, they could make it, um, and if they don't, they probably won't make it, you know, a lot of things would have to go their way if, if they only picked up six points in the last two games and, or last three games. And, um, and they didn't, uh, they need some help other, elsewhere and it would still be pretty tight. Um, yeah. I mean, this is, 
they're hitting they're hitting a, a crisis point and honestly pretty much every other team in the league is still in the playoff chase there's a, a couple I think one team maybe in the east that's out of it too but um yeah it, it, their season comes down to this next game basically um so do or die we'll see what happens there um it's interesting because I know that the galaxy front office does typically you know take games watch games but uh in person but we keep seeing them on TV. Uh, we saw them on TV today. They showed who, who was there because I, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, they had Dan Beckerman, uh, Jovan Karofsky, Dennis DeClosa. Um, I think that was it. But they keep showing them on the last two games for sure. They've shown them on TV, um, sitting in the stands and watching the game intently. Um, so, I mean, that to me looks like the kind of thing where. It's, it's saying we are watching very closely um, and we're getting ready to make some decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, although, again, I know that those guys do typically watch the games in person and we don't always see them on TV. But um, I, to me, it's a little bit of a conspicuous show. You know, we're here. We're paying attention to what's going on. Um, we have some decisions to make soon. Um, so, yeah, I think it's I think it's going to be down to Wednesday. And then if, if if Wednesday doesn't go right for them, you know, they're probably going to need to play out the string and and decide what they're going to do moving forward yeah and i think uh what well, i didn't know they were at the game um uh i think yeah i think this is the second game i i, I was talking with josh from galaxy podcast he said that dan beckerman was at the, at the previous galaxy game and he's typically not there so i'm, all, I'm surprised to, to to hear that he was at this game so you know we can you know start to put the two and two together the galaxy do have four games remaining uh i thought they only had three but they have four they have this wednesday away against portland um, oh that's right yep portland and then again away at real salt lake and then uh, no, excuse me, at home next Sunday. Excuse me, at home next Sunday versus Real Salt Lake. And then LA Galaxy. They have um, a makeup game next Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. So they got LA, Seattle, Seattle Sounders uh, on the 4th. And then they finish up on the 8th versus Vancouver. Yeah, that was the player strike. This is the Seattle game. Yeah, the Seattle game. So, yeah. So actually, they have two more games potentially. They have, so they have 12 points that they could get. Yeah. So they have. 12 points. Right. They're. Uh, they have at least two more games. At this You're saying there's a chance. There is a chance. There's definitely a <laughs> chance. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, it, it, it's tough. Cause the window, um, it doesn't get any, any easier with Portland and Seattle left. I mean, maybe Vancouver, maybe our RSL. I mean, but even that is not a guarantee, right? Just the way, you know, the season has been for them. I think to me, it, it's, you know, it's like, regardless if they make it or not, I don't know if they're, they're, they're built enough to, to make a deep run, you know, they're, I don't know. I don't know if they are, I, I, you know, I don't know how they're, 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 you know, the team, um, you know, the obviously at striker, they've had Ethan Zubak, Yoni, Chicharito. We don't know what's going to happen there. You know, I think sometimes they, they do lack offensive, you know, tactics, you know, uh, ways to find the ball, you know, it's, it's very tricky. So if this, Potentially is Guillermo's last year, last few games, whatever. Then, you know, because he still has one more year in his contract. Um, right now, it's all just speculation. It's like, who do you bring in? And you have to, and then also you have to just, what do you do with Chicharito, right? You have to, and then, you know, is Pavon going to stay? I don't think Pavon's going to stay. So it's not just, I don't think it's just about getting rid of the coach. I don't think it's just about, you know, uh, you know, finding how to make Chicharito work. 
I think this is just a deeper issue. And I mentioned this in the, in the previous podcast uh, that I think the last four years, this is the way I, I see the bigger picture. I see the last four years um, since LAFC was able to come here and be a team since then LA Galaxy, by maybe before then they have been playing catch up to LAFC. And if you're the LA Galaxy and, you know, five-time world champions, and you're the brand, you know, one of the brands in, in, in the MLS, you shouldn't be playing catch-up. You should be setting the standard. And right now they're not doing that. Yeah, I think it goes back to when Bruce Arena left. Um, that team was not perfect by any means, but I think Bruce had the ability to kind of carry his team through by sheer force of will at times. So even in times when they were struggling – um, you know, he could, he could find a way to, to get results one way or another. And, and Bruce is a pretty pragmatic coach. So I think that, um, you know, he, he had the buy-in from the team. And so he was able to get them to get results. And then when he left, I think it really exposed how much work the roster needed and they've never recovered. They haven't recovered since that point. Um, they're still working on it. And I will say that, you know, all along since, Scalotto and, and Tecloso have been hired. They've said, we need time and we need multiple transfer windows to remake the squad, right? Like we know that the, there's a lot of problems with the squad. So we need time to, you know, make over the roster and it's, it's going to take some time. I think that they have a little bit of a built-in excuse with the fact that the transfer window was completely blown up this year. Um, you know, they didn't have the, the normal end to the primary transfer window in the spring. You know, you didn't get a traditional transfer window season like you would normally get obviously the transfer window did open um in the summer and it's still open for i think a few more days um but they're not i I don't they're bringing any anybody else in at this point um but even so the just the disruption to the global market and to transfers and things like that obviously played a role like they were clearly looking for an upgrade in central defense that they have not been able to address at this point and I think someone like Depew has played really well, but that's that's not who they were looking for to really, you know, establish himself as an anchor in the in the defense. And and the fact that they haven't been able to get that player, you know, that that's not entirely their fault, right? Like there's just a lot of stuff that's been happening. Having said that, you know, the the squad is really imbalanced. Um, I think there's always questions about the buy-in from players. And then I think the way that this team is set up right now you have to wonder like, what are they doing in attack? Like I, to me, the attack looks like either we're crossing a hundred times a game and just, you know, looking for that moment for the best. Yeah. Hoping for the best. Exactly. Or we're looking for Pavone to play hero ball, you know, take it on the dribble, get by a couple defenders and unleash a rocket. And, you know, that works a few times a season, but that's not going to be what's going to work. Um, every game because teams cotton onto that strategy and they can neutralize it pretty easily. Um, even with a player as good as Pavone, he really has not been the same player the last couple months. And I think a lot of it's because defenses are keying in on him. They know that he's the key player. And so they just focus on him and, you know, that dulls his, his impact. And so it, it's been really tough. And to me, I think there's a systemic issue as far as the strategy, the tactics, the coaching, whatever you want to say, that is not getting the most out of the group they have while also acknowledging that 
they do still need to upgrade on, you know, make upgrades on the roster that, you know, is still a work in progress. Yeah. I mean, you, you hit the nail right on the head. There's just so many things. And I don't think, I don't think they've gotten, I think one of those players that they haven't gotten the buy-in from the buy-in from is obviously Chicharito, um, whether, you know, his injury or whatever, like we just mentioned earlier, I think at times like Jonah Dos Santos, I don't know. He didn't show up to me in this game. I didn't, I didn't really see him. He got subbed out, um, you know, and, and that's, that's, Two of your DPs right there. The only one that's been consistent, but like you just mentioned, he's had, you know, he struggled the last few, last few weeks or months. It's Pavone, you know, but at the end of the day, I think Pavone, he showed up every game, whether he's had yeah. a bad game, he's there, you know what I'm saying? And then Jonah Dos Santos and Chicharito, they're not there, you know, and I don't, I think Jonah Dos Santos still has one more year in his contract. And I don't, I mean, I don't know, like, I think with the Galaxy, they lack offensive strategy but also like you know who is their leader who who who's the galaxy leader obviously we talked to LAFC we know who it's Carlos Vela right there's no question about that whether he's injured or whatever um with LA Galaxy I don't know who the leader is because sometimes it's Pavone they try to make Chicharito supposed to be Jonah Dos Santos because he's been there the longest he was wearing the captain armband today but he didn't show up Uh, I just I mean there's no real leadership in this team um you know I don't know how you know you know, that goes with, you know, the coaching, you know, the, you know, the front office and everything. I think it's, I think I have an assumption that it may be a much bigger mess, if that's the right word, than we, than we may know ourselves because of what's been going on these last couple of years. And I do get it. I do understand it's 2020. I do understand it's COVID. Um, But when you're in LA and you have the brand that you you've built the last couple of years, you can't just rely on the brand, on the brand and play catch up to LAFC to all these other clubs when you're one of the first clubs, you know? And I think, I think we're just going to have to see what happens, not just these next few games, but moving forward. Cause you've, we've seen on Twitter, you know, the fans victory block, you know, they, they sent out that, you know, that letter on Twitter to Dan Beckerman, AEG, Chris Klein, you know, that is very powerful thing to do. You know what I'm saying? It just speaks words of we over our fans. We've had it. Like, you know what? This is who we have to cheer for. This is, you know, the product you keep on. I think someone tweeted or they put out um, the players change, but we stay still. We still, we're still here, you know? And, it, and that kind of hit me a little different. I'm like, yeah, you're right. The players can come and go, but we will still be here. And, you know, and if this is the product and the fans and, you know, you got to listen to your fans. If they're not happy, you know, they're the ones that buy the tickets. They're the ones that buy their jerseys and stuff like that. I don't think anybody's buying that right now. Yeah, they're in a tough moment, no doubt. And, I, you know, earlier in the year, I was pretty forgiving, I would say, of just the external factors. Like, this is a weird year, like pretty much all but a couple teams in MLS are struggling at one point or another. Like every team is going through peaks and valleys. It's just a weird time. But as the losses piled up, like you started to feel like, "Mm, I don't know, like even if the, you know, even if everyone is struggling, it's like, it feels like the galaxy are struggling way more than they ought to be given the circumstances, you know what I mean? And so if that's the case, then like you said, maybe there's some, some deeper issues um, at play and, you know, we asked uh, Pavone about, was there a rift in the locker room? And he said, no, there's no rift. You know, we all get along, no problems whatsoever. And, you know, there's been talk about uh, Scalotto benching Chicharito and like, what's going on there. It's a very unusual move to make and it really didn't work. But at the same time, it's not like, like Chicharito missed a sitter in the 
you know, the last game that he played that could have won the game. So I, there's a lot of stuff going on. And, yeah. um, you know, again, there's still four games. Maybe they can turn it around. I get the impression that even if they made the playoffs, you know, there's still some pretty big issues that need to be addressed um, in the off season. But if they make the playoffs, I think people might look a little bit um, more positively on the season, but obviously if they don't make the playoffs, it's going to be a huge, huge uh, disappointment for the season. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, especially with the players of talent, um, but they're, they're just not coming along. And just to go back on a point that you said, uh, Christian Pavon denied those reports. And then Guillermo Scalotto, his answer was a little different. He was like, well, you know, we're professionals, you know, whether they, I'm just paraphrasing here, whether they uh, get along or not, you know, they just got to be professionals and stuff. That's what he said. And I was like, huh, that was different. That was different from Pavone. You know, Pavone, I think Pavone, Pavone is very smart. He's, he's a professional. He knows, he knows what to say. You know what I'm saying? He, he, he's a very, very, very smart. You know, obviously it's all speculation. We don't know. We're just going to go off what they tell us. And I think that that's the best thing for us to do. Um, but, you know, obviously Chicharito, I don't, he, I don't think uh, he was there. He wasn't there, was he? Did they show Chicharito? No, I didn't show him. So, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, even if you, if you have a hamstring, and you know, I think that is the biggest, you know, you can't even be there for your team. It's yeah. the games in L.A., you know what I'm saying? Right. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, that's why I feel that it's deeper. But nevertheless, we'll, we'll go back on to LFC. A big player that has stepped up for a number of weeks now is Danny Musevsky. Came up big. He got the goal. Uh, he got the goal, the first goal for LFC. I've been impressed with him ever since, you know, he came off the bench and scored that first goal. And I'm just seeing, just seeing his work rate and stuff. And to me, um, I was surprised. I was a little surprised that he got the start over BWP, but then that also told me that, um, you know, what he's done the last few weeks and what Bob Bradley has seen in training and everything, um, you know, he's really stepped up his game. And I, I didn't think he would start over BWP, but you know, he definitely, you know, he definitely has convinced Bob. He definitely has convinced the organization. And it just goes to show how hungry he really is. And now to him, for him to be the starting striker, obviously Vela still is, I mean, you're going to put Vela, obviously. Um, but I, yeah, I think that's a big step for him. And he also scored in the Derby. And I think you asked him that question, you know, how, you know, he, how he talked about, you know, uh, or how big it was. It was big. I think he said it was big time him scoring in the Derby. And I think, you know, I, I do like Danny Masowski being the striker. I think I'm just interested to see how that works when Vela's fully healthy. For sure. Um, it, it's a big thing because I think he kind of quietly has scored five goals this year, you know, and coming into the season, I don't think any of us would have expected that he would score mm-hmm. five goals in the season um, so far. And I've been impressed on his improvement. You know, it's not just a matter of, because his first couple of goals he scored off the bench in garbage time. And I mean, goals are goals. Like you, you take them as you get them, but um, those were not the kinds of goals that were creating results or winning games or anything like that. Then he scored a double against Seattle and LAFC were super shorthanded, got, you know, helped him get a win there. That's a really big deal. And he was player of the week, which was really great to see. Um, And then he scored the winner here in this game. And his, his goal was really impressive. Um, So I think this is another example of LAFC, um, you know, doing their homework, doing some scouting in USL and finding a player who um, they think is capable of moving up to the next level. 
um, you know, like Mark Anthony Kay, you know, people forget he came from the USL and he, he certainly doesn't look like a USL player anymore, right? Not like all, yeah. an elite MLS player. And, um, you know, Danny's going to have some work cut up out for him when everyone's available, but um, he's benefited from absences, injuries, departures this season. He's taken advantage of the time that he's gotten. Um, and I think he still has at least, a, you know, one, one start in the season still to come. Um, I think that Bob probably started him over uh, Bradley Wright Phillips because Bradley Wright Phillips has started a lot of games in a really short amount of time. Um, you know, he's an older guy. I think that but they've also had a week off though. You know, They have, but I mean, they put a lot of minutes on him lately and I think probably maybe pushing it a little bit, especially this last three game stretch when they pretty much were trotting out any bodies that they had. Um you know, they, they called on B- BWP to really eat up some minutes. So um, I think this is a, a it's not only a, a nice endorsement for Danny that, you know, they think he can crack the starting rotation and, and, and play a role, but the fact that he actually came through and scored the winning goal um, it's, it's mutually beneficial for everyone, but um, he's definitely been one of the, there's been, you know, a few good stories this season, but he, he's certainly one of the the big stories for LAFC. Yeah. And um Right before uh, Vela, or it was, it was going to be, I told you this pre-chat, but before Vela, Latif Blessing, um, we're going to check in. BWP was in line to get check in with them three. So uh, because at, right at that point, LAFC had not scored. And then as soon as Danny Masevsky scored the goal, Vela and Latif ended up going in. But Bob Bradley let, did not bring in right away BWP. He ended up bringing him a little bit later. So that kind of just showed me, it was like, okay, maybe if you could get one, maybe you can get another one, you know? And it just shows me how much trust Bob really has in Danny. And, you know, he's earned it. You know, he's definitely, he's definitely earned his time. He's definitely earned that start. And like you said, you know, great job on them out. They've scouted and brought a player, you know, from the USL up to here and he's impacting them. And, you know, he's starting, you know, starting in El Trafico and that's a, that's a pretty big thing. I think to me, um, for LAFC, one thing I think that, you know, they're still trying to find, obviously, like I asked Bob, like, you know, we know what the front three, we can assume the midfield, but I think the back line, uh, the back starting four is where um, that has not been cemented, you know, and on top of that, it's also been international play has been going on. So players are coming and going. Um, So today we saw Munir, uh, you know, we saw Eddie Segura, Murillo, and it was a Jordan Harvey um, get the start. So I think to me, um, whether it's going to be Latif Blessing, we saw him play, but I think he played, he was playing the midfield. So I think that's where I think they still need to get cemented and it's going to get even trickier because international duty is coming back up. Yeah, it's, it's going to be uh, tricky, but I think Jordan Harvey's uh, played pretty well the last few weeks. Um, you know, he hadn't played that much this season and, uh, when he was finally called on, I think he's he's done pretty well. Um, Elmanir, I think Elmanir struggled a little bit, but I think he was also playing a pretty complex role today. Um, I know at one point he was like being asked to, so he's playing right back. He's a left back. Uh, he's you know strongly left footed, um, and then he was being asked to like cut in and kind of serve as like a ten. Um, so he's playing a pretty complex role overall. I think maybe it wasn't his best game, but also considering he was playing out of position and um, just getting the job done, you know, he got the job done. So, you know, good way to go. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll see what happens for right back. Right back is, is definitely a concern. Um, 
I honestly have no idea what they're going to do to fill that. Um, you know, Harvey's been playing well. I think Palacios has been pretty solid all in all when he's been at left back. Um, I think they have center back locked down now. I think mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Mario is really good. It's only two games in, but Mario, I thought was fantastic today. Yeah. Um, you know, you could, he had an aerial element. Um, you know, he was able to, to head out, uh, balls on set pieces defensively, um, which is something that LAFC have needed since they traded away Walker Zimmerman. Um, So he seems to check that box. And then he was really vocal. And I'm sure you saw this a lot more than I did, but I could tell on the broadcast that he was super vocal, you know, trying to like rub up his teammates, you know, when they get a ball out of bounds, there'd be a stoppage of play, you know, he'd be clapping and yelling for them. Like, come on guys, let's go. Vamos. Let's, let's get this together. Come on. Um, so that's really impressive because I think they need that. And then Eddie Segura, he doesn't have the same, you know, vocal leadership, but he is so steady. So, you know, I think that those two, if, if Mario can really settle in, they look like they have the makings of a really strong partnership. Um, so I think the central defense is good as long as they're, they stay healthy and, and Mario continues to settle in well. Um, to me, right back's the the big question. And I don't know, honestly, I don't know what they're going to do there. Yeah, and I agree with you. Uh, I think the player that is going to benefit the most as Maria is going to be Eddie Segura because I think without Walker Zimmerman, his play maybe had a drop. And like you said, he may not be that vocal leader. And let's remind ourselves that this is only Jesus Maria's second game. You yeah. know, so it's any, it's you know, it's going to take time to build that relationship and you know to essentially you know talk to your teammates like hey let's go you know because you're still getting used to them and like you know who's this new player like you know I think it's him getting used to them and then you know but I think that's what they want from him and I think you know him talking more I think that's what they told him like no we need you to be that vocal leader we need you to you know be that presence and you know so I think it's just maybe him getting out out of his shell a little bit more um you know getting used to his teammates and getting new okay what do what does this team expect because he's a big physical body um, so I think him, and then it's just that Colombian connection, him and him and Eddie Segura right there. And I think uh, whether on right back, um, you're right. I think, it, I think it could be depending who it is playing because Chiqui Palacio plays left. Um, maybe they put Jordan Harvey on the right or it's Latif blessing. Uh, you know, uh, you know, he was, you know, according to the team, he wasn't feeling well, he came to the game. So, you know, we know they're deep there. Um, but do are they, do they go with, with blessing at right back? El Munir or Jordan Harvey and I think I think you mentioned I think that's that's gonna be the question because um I think it, it makes it so tricky with the international players and that's why there's all that moving all those moving pieces and they're gonna essentially lose them again I think once playoffs comes or like you know, is, it, is it when playoffs come I think it was when the international uh, I haven't looked the, at the, the dates for the window but yeah it's gonna be I think middle of next month so that would seem to be during the playoffs um and we know that LAFC does not beg off international duty you know if a player is called up they'll let them go so i wonder um, if they'll change their mind this time around i don't know i don't think so i think um i think bob's pretty set in his ways and to be honest i give him credit for you know not being wishy-washy i think i it's tough when you know from a club perspective certainly but i think uh you know if you kind of make the stand that we're going to let players who get called up you know take advantage of it then you can't really backtrack but we'll see we'll see I mean, you never know what'll happen yeah because it's gonna be tricky now that playoffs because like you know, one game and you're out like you know it's like it's 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 not you know like they can have you know they can move up as high as they, they, they potentially can and you know they're out with four players again you know that's because right now we do know that brian rodriguez and diego rossi got called up to the 
to the national team again, but Rossi didn't play, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, okay, let's just, let's just finish up with this. Um, with the LA Galaxy, uh, and then I'll ask you the same thing. With the LAFC, do they make the playoffs? Uh, I think the Galaxy probably won't make the playoffs. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't really believe. Uh, I would have to, you know, I would have to agree with you. I'm sorry, LA Galaxy fans. Uh, you know, I think this is not a shocker, but from what we saw tonight, even though they played great, I, th- I think I'm with you with that. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. When they've been playing poorly, for the most part, they've been fighting in games. They just don't have it to get mm-hmm. the job done. Like, more often than not, you don't see the team, like, dropping off and, like, Oh, we let in two goals. The game's over. And then they, you know, the other team scores like six more goals on them. Like they, they fight, even if they're losing four, nothing, they're still fighting to do something, but there's, it's just a lot of action and nothing, you know, no results coming out of it. Um, so I guess the, you can be a little bit optimistic that they're, if they're going to continue to fight, maybe they can do something, but it's just, I don't know. I, I they, they just don't seem to have it together this year. Yeah, and, it, and it's tough with, with all that talent and who they are. Um, for LAFC, they're currently in fourth of 28 with 28 points. Um, I mean, they're, they're four behind Portland, Seattle, and Sporting KC, who's now moved up to number one with 33 points. Uh, where, do, where do you think LAFC will finish? I think if they finish in that top four group, uh, that's a good finish for them. Um, you know, they've had more dips than we expected they were going to have this season and they've weathered it relatively well. So I think, you know, I think coming into a season, if you said they're going to finish fourth, uh, you know, potentially I think LAFC fans would be pretty upset by that. But I think given the circumstances of the season and given um, how many losses and how many times they would win and then lose and win and then lose, um, I think finishing fourth and in that top group and then able to host at least one playoff game, uh, that's big. Um, and I think that, that you would take that, you know, any chance you got. Yeah, definitely. Well, Alicia, it's been great. Um, let the people know where they can follow you if they don't already follow you. Sure. You can uh, follow my thoughts on Twitter at soccer musings. And then uh, I cover the galaxy for LAG confidential and uh, LAFC for angels on parade. Both are part of the SB nation network. Nice. Guys, if you guys enjoyed this episode, make sure to give it a five-star rating. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your music. Um, You can follow me at Gio Garcia and be sure to check out at LA Soccer Hub on all social media. Um, For Alicia, this is Gio. Bye, everybody.